Hi, my name is Champagne, and you're listening to Grizzly Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you can try all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Thanks a lot. This is Grizzly Kiki. I'm Daniel, and I'm drawing a blank. I'm Robert, and nothing you say matters unless that camera is rolling. And joining us from Boston is Champagne. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing really good. It's Tuesday. Is your camera rolling? Uh, my <laughs> camera is not rolling right now. Thank God. <laughs> well, then it doesn't matter. I don't know why that like that just it struck me. I'm also I don't, I stupidly did not raise my microphone, so I have to crouch down. Yeah. Well, you can't Boo. do that when you're six feet tall. Well, that's better than me because I realized I didn't have the right cable for my microphone. So now Whoops. I have to order that. <laughs> well, situations like this, it makes you go shopping. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we also bought new mics recently. Yeah, but anyway, because one of the mics is like doing a weird thing. Anyway, yeah. and we can never get our shit together to figure out <laughs> which one it is. We're so professional. <laughs> how's, uh, how's life in Boston? It's good. It's going. It's October, so you know it's Halloween season. Everything's kind of in full swing. Oh um, I'm still coming off of like DragCon and Bushwig, and September was crazy. So we got a yeah. chance to see you at Bushwig, um, but we only saw you at DragCon for like a second. How was your DragCon? DragCon was fun. It was a whirlwind. I went there mainly. I had a gig on Friday. I okay. was at Bitch Nasty. Um, oh, okay. Over at Rosemont. Yeah. With uh, Pinche and Tito and Magenta. And then Horashada was DJing as well. Um, So it was a a little reunion. Um, I knew all of them beforehand, which was nice. Um, But yeah, it was Thursday through Sunday constantly in drag. So it was just kind of... By the end, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. (laughs) I need a break. So you did all three days? Uh, I didn't go to the convention on Friday. Okay. But... Because I went to the Queen party on Thursday night, um, then Friday, Rosemont, mm-hmm. Saturday I was at the convention, and then went out at night as a boy, and then Sunday we were at the convention, I went to the bathroom, changed but kept my face off, face on, and drove Neon and Violencia myself back to Boston, and then we had a gig that night, so. Oh yeah. my god. It was, li- it was like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, but with my little tiny hatchback, so. <laughs> oh, oh my god, you have a hatchback? 
I do. Oh, I love those. They're so cute. Yeah, I have a Mazda Protégé hatchback. So it's like kind of almost a station wagon, but small enough to be cool. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I always for some reason think of them as like those matchbox cars. Like they just look so like like you wouldn't actually be driving one. Like they're just for show. Oh, that's so cute. Wait, so you drove all the way back to Boston, which is what, like a four, five hour drive? It's about three and a half, four hours, depending on traffic. Oh, oh! You have so much I took, strength. I took off all my stuff, so I was like, "I'm not going to be cinched for four hours. Like, I'm going to be comfortable in boy clothes, and then just change when I get back to Boston." So, <laughs> what's it like getting gas when that happens? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm so used to it at this point. I'm used to like grocery shopping and drag after a gig, or like doing like random stuff. So it doesn't bother me anymore. Though we were at the gas station and. Uh, violence is like, which bathroom do I choose? I'm not in like a gay bar. <laughs> I don't know. And like, we're all in like club kid looks. We're not in like, just like passing like fishy, which I don't like using that term, but like that type of drag. And it, so we're like, I have like checkers painted on my face. She, she has like all these crazy patterns and it's just like, everyone's just staring at us and we're like, we just want our iced coffee and to get gas and get going. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we have to get to work. Yeah, pretty much. Um, That's the thing I'm thinking of is that you're not like whenever you are or whenever I've seen you in drag, it's like it's a production and it's, you know, it's like it's a visual like feast, if you will. Um, And so I, as a fellow grocery shopper, for example, would be like, oh, um, you really dressed up to uh, I know there was a sale on, I don't know chicken thighs but uh (laughs) (laughs) well the thing is like usually most of the time especially in boston everyone's so kind of welcoming like people won't really give you the stares they'll just kind of be like yes work and like it's kind of nice Mm -hmm. um it's not like I do that to like go grocery shopping all the time. But no, no, no. It's just like, uh, but, but the fact gr- that you've done it even just once to me is like that's really fucking cool. Also, oh yeah. Hopefully, I will run into you or someone else doing the same thing at some point in my life. I admire the multitasking, happened. honestly, because I would do that. I mean, it's just kind of like, well, I'm not gonna go home, take all this off, and then go back out. I'm like, I'm already out. Let me just yeah. get it done. I love it. It's, Swing a basket on your arm and, you know, yeah, get what you need. Oh, best. my God. Last year, last year after Bushwig, we we sort of, I mean, we didn't do it this year, but we sort, sort of have like a ritual where we kidnap Ari and take her somewhere to eat chicken wings. Um, didn't you go to KFC or something last year? Last, last year, year we, we did. did. Yeah. And out of the three of us, I was the only one who was like, I need to go upstairs and take my face off. I refuse to go mm-hmm. through the drive through looking like this and oh i i go through the drive through <laughs> at 4 a.m all the time right it's, like I, they don't care they love it because it's something different and it like livens their night mm-hmm. i used to work in a drive through too so i'm i was like if a drag queen came through i'd be like so excited oh my god i would just throw ketchup packets at her here take everything you want just do you go. Want extra sauce do like, you want it yeah um oh. yeah that year I, I i looked at robert and i was like but it's right across the street yeah like, we're gonna park and I'm like, I'm I'm the first one to be like, get this off of me. Like, I can't see anymore, you know, after hours mm-hmm. of being in it. But I was just sitting there taking my eyelashes off and, you know, peeling the, the weave bond off of them while she was upstairs changing. It was, you know, yeah. quite a lot of fun. Well, but... that's the best part, I feel like, is just taking those eyelashes off. Mm-hmm. You're like, I can see again. Yeah. 
it's 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 amazing. It's like a whole new world when you take yep. off your lashes. Also, like your eyes are no longer wearing dumbbells. Like yeah, <laughs> yikes. Well, I was talking to someone about that. It's like when I started drag, lashes were like the biggest pain to like do. But now it's like if I don't wear them, it doesn't feel complete, and I'm so used to having mm-hmm. them on that it doesn't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. But still, like taking them off at the end, you're just like, oh, okay, that's a relief. Yeah. I, I think you just develop like drag eye muscles or something like yeah. you're just lifting. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it almost it feels like they're attached permanently until you feel a little corner start to pull up and you're like, oh, right. These come off because mm-hmm. they Oof. always I, I will get in the shower with my lashes on if I didn't feel the little like mm-hmm. corner lift. Uh- I've done that once, but I was also very drunk. So mm. I like forgot to take them off. And then I was like, well, those are ruined. I can't reuse those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can't really, I mean, I know they say that you can wash them. I've tried even I've like done the, it before they never it's... bounce back the right way. No, you got to like curl them and brush mm-hmm. them the right way. And then it, it's good if you plan on stacking them mm-hmm. after, because then like you can add newer ones that kind yeah. of have a shape and then it just adds volume. But but otherwise, yeah, I think that's what we did the one time we washed them, mm-hmm. considering how many times we wash wigs and, yeah. you know, we'll cannibalize a dress and make mm-hmm. a new one. Like crazy that we've never done that. Um, did you grow up in Boston? I am born and raised in Boston. Yes, oh. I grew up um, 20 minutes north of the city. So like for here, that's technically not Boston, but anywhere else, it's like Boston. It's like eight miles outside of the center of the city. Boston's small. Um, but I grew up in Wakefield, Mass. So I grew up there. And then for college, I actually moved to Baltimore and went to school there. Oh, interesting. Oh, you that's where Divine's hometown. Yes. I saw the place where Divine ate the dog shit. <gasps> oh, yeah. my God. Is there like a placard? There something? is on the ground. Wait, yeah. for real? Yeah, there's like in the sidewalk, there's a little plaque that says <gasps> like, this is where, because it's where the old Atomic Bookstore used to be. Atomic, I think it's Atomic Comics. It was a comic book store. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was right outside the old location because they moved. And I think they're in Hampton now, which is like with all the giant pink flamingos. There's like a three story pink flamingo in front of a building. Oh, a cafe I've heard of on. that. Um, but I've also been to the areas like where hairspray is supposed to take place and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, it does look as dingy as it does in the movie. So, <laughs> oh my god! A friend of mine has a a gallery in um in Baltimore that she just opened, and I wonder what that's like. Have you just... been before? I have been to Baltimore literally on like a high school field trip where they took us to um they they took us to I think the seaport and we ate at the ESPN zone. Okay, the Inner Harbor. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why are we eating at the you know my little gay ass is like. Why are we eating at the ESPN zone? Like, who picked this place? Yeah. You know? Yeah. The Inner Harbor is like the tour. It's kind of like the Times Square portion of, like, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, because, like, when I was in college in Baltimore, I went to Johns Hopkins University. Okay. So, um, I went for mechanical engineering and robotics, and then I started doing drag my senior year. So, um, but while I was there, I really explored the city. And um, it's a fun city to go to. You just got to gotta know like which areas to go to and which ones not to um because each block is different like you could go from like mansions and then the next blocks run down and then like two blocks down it's mansions again mm-hmm. um there's so each block is just so different than the rest but there's like general neighborhoods like the uh gay neighborhood mount vernon was like 
there used to be bars that you could just like bar hop and walk down the street, which I kind of miss because Boston doesn't really have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just like, oh, I don't like this place. Let's go check out the show at this place. And it's it's kind of like um, on Queer as Folk where they're like walking down the street and there's like Woody's, there's like the other bars and stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. Queer as Folk was in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia? It, I think it was supposed to take place in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, but I, I think was... it was filmed in Toronto, I want to oh. say, or something. Yeah, I, totally. yeah, I think it was filmed in Canada. I mean, yeah. they filmed so many things in Canada. It's just the, the way yeah. that you described the, like, one street will be run down, the next one, you'll, you know, it'll be, like, fancy and stuff. It just it reminded me the first time I went to Philly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, Philly's very yeah. much like that. Yeah. Philly and Baltimore are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. I actually, ah. I've only been to Philly like once because it's like in between New York and Baltimore. So I was surprised I didn't go there more. It was only mm-hmm. like an hour, but I just never made it down there. I made it to DC though. That was, that was our trips out. Mm-hmm. We, uh, in, in college, we rented a yellow school bus and we were all under 21, but there was an 18 plus night. Uh-huh. So we would all, it was like 40 of us that were in our GSA at college and we just, with the school bus roll up to the club, like all pile out, go clubbing and then like come back at like two in the morning. Stop. That's it was fun. funny. Yeah. Wait, how It'll did you fun. rent a school bus? Well, um, it was through the university because it was our GSA. Oh, okay. I don't know why so, that would, I'm like, that's the most interesting part is how you rented a school bus. <laughs> yeah. Just like, wow. but the fact of rolling up to a club in a big yellow school bus, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Oh, you should have all done like Miss Frizzle drag. Right. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, so what was it like growing up in Boston for you? So for me, it was like, it's hard because Massachusetts in general is very liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't deal with a lot of like discrimination, especially for being gay. I wasn't out until I was like 17 and even then I wasn't out to my parents until I was like 19 and 21. So um, I didn't really face much with that. I was always like the fat kid, though. So I kind of got bullied for that, even though I played sports and everything. Um, yeah, I just kind of dealt with that. But otherwise, like growing up so close to Boston and being able to get into the city often was nice because I would kind of like see these people and be like, OK, like everyone's welcoming here. Um, but yeah, it, it was good. Um I don't know much else to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> how how grew, old were you when you first experienced drag in like in real life? Um, the okay, so the first drag performance that I like really remember um, was actually when I was <clears throat> in college and went to um, DC. We were at Town, um, which was like Tatiana's bar. Yeah, um, this was about season was it season two or season three of Drag Race? Tatiana. I think it might have been season two. Was season two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was like that time period too. But there was this queen that came out, and there, there was a competition there, and she's like, "Here's a telephone book. Make a dress, like, or make an outfit out of the telephone book. Like, rip the pages up to it." And like, she gave them like ten minutes, maybe on stage. She comes out, and it's just like this fully like put together gown with the pages all ruffled, and like. I was just like, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I, like, even as a kid, my sister would talk about it. Like, I would make costumes that were just very random. Like, one year for Halloween, I was an electrical outlet. And I had a <laughs> bunch of wire wrapped around me. But it was cardboard, but I made it look like a giant outlet. Um, 
that was just my Halloween costume. Because I was like, what can I do that's, like, different? Because I would never, like, buy in costumes. And I still don't, unless mm-hmm. like, it's something very specific. And it was just easier to do that. Because I feel like it, it just has more um, originality when you make it. Absolutely. So. That's so interesting. Yeah, I was like video game characters when I was much younger. I was Bomberman one year and it was literally a potato sack on my head because he is like this white helmet. So my mom just like cut a hole for my face. I was like, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been doing drag from a very early age. Yeah. Um, Yeah. When I was a kid, (laughs) I have two older sisters, so they treated me like a doll when I was a baby. And so my like boy name is Peter. So they would call me Peterella. And they would, like, <sighs> dress me up like a doll. And my mom was like, well, it's keeping the men entertained. I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. I, just, I have a similar relationship to my sister. Yeah. As a, there's a lot of pictures of me when I was little dressed up, like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but in women's clothing, but, like, yeah. as a toddler. <laughs> yeah. I, this was when I was, like, I was, like, less than two years old so it's like i was like the size of a doll like oh my god so to them it was just like oh okay like whatever and like they support me now like they love my dragon Mm -hmm. so uh but yeah that was one of the funny parts of growing up oh my god that's amazing i love it your sister's like you weren't like a real like human to them you were like a a toy well i think a lot of it too is they're much older than me so my oldest sister is 13 years older than me and then my other sister is nine years older than me oh wow so like um to them it was just such like to each other they were like more siblings and then like me i was obviously like yeah i was their sibling but Mm -hmm. i was so young yeah like there was that disconnect wow yeah similar age difference with me and my sister so it was like here let's you know dress him up like this let's Mm -hmm. have a photo shoot like yeah yeah uh, uh, I wish I had a sister. I don't have any. You have a brother. I have a brother. But <laughs> see, I always wished I had a brother and now I'm very grateful I did not have a brother. <laughs> see, I was yeah. supposed to have a sister, but she ended up being my brother. Um <laughs> So, yeah, my my brother like had a whole girl name and everything cuz you know, they they oh, were I did they too. were so precise in the 80s and you know, they were like, "Yes, you're having a child uh, a child you're having a girl they told my mother and i was really excited because i was going to dress her up and i was going to push her around in her buggy like i had all these like like weird like gone with the wind notions of what i was going to do so you were going to be like my sisters yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly and then and then when he and i think i mentioned this before on the podcast but when they brought him home or i think rather when i went to go went to the hospital to see him and we have the thing. It's only five years between us. <clears throat> I looked and I was like, that's not what I asked for. <laughs> and I literally turned and looked at my mother and said, just t- send him back. Like you, you must still have, I said, you must still have the receipt. This just ha- happened. Did it come with a gift receipt? I mean, I, you know, and I thought children came from Macy's. So, you know, it was like, take him back. But you know, I guess, I guess you can't return them once you've had them. So, I ended up with a brother. That's the rumor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> how, so you said your sisters love your drag. How, how are your, how is your, the rest of your family with your drag? Um, so my mom and dad are actually pretty good about it. So uh-huh. they know I perform and how much I like create and stuff. 
Um, so my mom will actually like buy me fabric and buy like she'll be at estate sales and find like these like jackets that are for coats and stuff. She's like, well, I figured you would wear it, and if not, one of your friends would kind of thing. So like she's very supportive. It took her a while to kind of get used to it because I think at first I also wasn't doing bearded drag. Um, so I think she thought I might be trans and Mm. that kind of like freaked her out for a little bit but then once i started doing the bearded dragon she saw a lot of my outfits and stuff like the crazier look she's like oh this is like your art outlet go to town Mm -hmm. like have fun with it so yeah and then my dad my dad still sees photos of me and my mom's just like look at the dress that like peter made and then it's just like he's like oh that's really good who is that i was like that's me like wearing it and he like does not make that connect at all and he's they both seen me in drag like i've gone like over to the house like after a gig and like i just see them and like they have no problem with it but like my mom is just like does the makeup hurt like i don't because she does she doesn't wear makeup like she she's, she's the type that grew up like okay i'll put some lipstick on rub it on my like fingers and then put it on my cheeks as like blush and then like eyeshadow would freak her out so she i think she had mascara and would put on a little bit but that's all she did like oh my god and it was only special occasions i mean eyeshadow is a scary thing it is Um, yeah i don't know how you don't i i can't fathom how you don't put it on like a drag queen right if that makes sense like well, that's because whenever I've, you're tried... putting it on, you're putting it on like a drag queen. Yeah, but then I see like how people put on their makeup, you know, or, or you know, people who present as female will do their eyeshadow. And I'm like, why is it all smudged? Why is there not like a crease? Like I literally look at this and I'm like, your eye makeup looks like a swamp. What happened? Well, like... I think a lot of that too <laughs> is like a lot of the beauty trends right now are going towards drag makeup. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the cut crease and stuff. And it's like the extreme contouring. Like it was a thing back in like the 60s and stuff. But mm-hmm. like then it kind of like fizzled out. Um, and now it's like making a resurgence. But like all of that is just like, like my mom, um, she was actually born in Canada. So like her mom um, also like never really did a ton of makeup. It mm-hmm. was just like some blush and like that's it was like we're going to church let me put some blush on Mm -hmm. like that's what they did like when i say canada it was fishing village in the middle of nowhere center of towns of tim hortons like middle of nowhere Mm -hmm, um so like that was their going out and so that kind of like trickled down and then it's like obviously like my dad's portuguese so like i think his mom wore more makeup because it was like portuguese lady over the top i mean but yeah 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 my mother uh, never left the house without it. i mean maybe in the summer but you know i n- don't think my mother ever left the house without a f- like a full face of makeup foundation powder eyeshadow like you know the whole nine yards well it's gotten to the point too that like my mom will ask me like how do you go about doing this like when you do this to your face mm. to make it slimmer so like she's getting more interested now and I'm like, I want to show her, but I need to get, like, normal people makeup. Because <laughs> <laughs> my drag makeup's very, it's a lot of creams, and it's, like, full coverage. It's like, you don't need that. Like, Does it hurt? Um... <laughs> sometimes, yes. <laughs> That's so cute. I was going to ask if your mom, like, seeing you, seeing you wear makeup, if that, like, inspired her to maybe dabble a little bit. Yeah, she. I think she definitely wants to. She won't do as many like bright, vibrant colors that mm-hmm. I will, but like right. something more subtle. And like my sisters too. Like 
one of them was like very um more like sorority girl and then the other one is more goth so mm-hmm. like my mom saw like the drastic makeup between the two of them and mm. i think it scared her <laughs> like <laughs> one of my sisters just wears a ton of eyeliner and then the other one just like she looks gorgeous like they both do but it's just like they're different styles mm-hmm. right so that's so interesting because it's like makeup i think is not marketed properly i think in general like it's like get the natural look but put all this junk on your face you know and it's not well, about like well that was the no makeup makeup challenge uh-huh. like you're putting so much makeup on to make it look like you yeah. have none on but it's they like th- take care of your skin and then you'll be fine exactly exactly but it's like sell the makeup with like a brush and like you know not with these stupid little applicators that do nothing you know like yeah. um i can't remember what movie we were watching where it was like that what was that i don't know but anyway. i will regularly see like either a movie we're watching or i'll see a youtube video where someone is like recreating beyonce's face and it's then they're using those like those sponge sponge sponges yeah. yeah and it's like girl what are you doing mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, that's like my mom like had a pack of them. She's like, here, take these. And I literally like, I was like, don't use these. And I threw them in the trash. Like, <laughs> it was just like, don't like get a brush. Mm. Here, you need a set with 30 brushes because they all do something <laughs> different. Right. Um, it's true. <laughs> um, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about your origins. And we don't have it written down, but I want to ask about your name because I'm just curious, you know. Okay. Um, so stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. And we're back, still here with Champagne, and yes. we are going to talk about your origins. So you said earlier that you started doing drag at Johns Hopkins University toward, toward the end of your time there while you were studying engineering and robotics? Yes, I was studying um, mechanical engineering with a focus in robotics. So tell us how you how how all that happened because I'm I'm fascinated. All right, so the well the engineering started because I was like very interested in Legos and kind of solving problems, um, and I also considered going to school for illustration. Um, however, my mom was like, "We will not help pay for your college if you go to art school." Uh, so it was, there was a big push for me to go for engineering. Um, mainly she just wanted me to be like financially stable after college and be able to get a job. And, um, I know it's hard in like the art world to get a job after college. Mm. Um, so started that. And then, um, I really was part of the GSA. Um, so at Johns Hopkins, that was called DASAGA, the Diverse Sexuality and Gender Alliance. Um, because we need, we need complicated science names for everything. Because you need um, Desaga. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so part of that, we started a, an intercollegiate LGBT conference in Baltimore 
with all the different schools in the area because Baltimore has a lot of universities. And that way we could all come together for like one day um, and just kind of like meet each other at different schools, kind of like network. Um, and we would have like speakers and stuff come. So the first year that we did it, they decided that they were going to have a drag competition. And it was each school would have like a group of people performing. So um, I got in drag. One of my friends, uh, one of my lesbian friends put me in drag. Uh, I had never touched makeup before. I'm like, whatever, this will be fun. Like, I found this, like, leopard print, like, sparkly dress from Goodwill. Mm. And, like, it was this gown with this slit that went all the way, almost up to, like, my stomach. It was just, like, I don't know who was wearing this dress beforehand. But uh, it fit me perfectly. And we performed Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. Um, mixed with, there were a few other songs in that mix, but it was like Shots by LMFAO, and there was like some other song. We ended up winning. Um, wow. So we won, we won $500 for a university. That was the prize. So it went back to their GSA. It wasn't like we got the money. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I performed there, I actually made friends with three of the, because there were three drag queens hosting, and they ended up being my drag family down there. Um, so... After that, when I turned 21 and I was going to the bars and stuff, I like saw them, became better friends with them, and they started getting me performing at the amateur competitions, um, which happened at Club Hippo, which is no longer there. It's actually a CVS now. It's very depressing. But they kept the exterior of it, so that's what's even more depressing. Like, it still looks like the Hippo. But, like, there's what? no big sign, and it's just, like, a different entrance, and it's the CPS. It's, yeah. It's like those uh, blockbusters that they turn into, like, shoe stores or whatever. But you still see the, like, the rhyme like, from where the blockbuster sign uh-huh. was. Uh-huh. Or some yeah. of them still have the, like, the well, blockbuster's logo is like a, like a ticket stub, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Some of them still have, like, the ticket stub, like, um, shaped sign, but with a different name in it. It's very strange. Yep. Yeah, it's like that. Um, Side note: Why is there not a bar, a bear bar in Baltimore called the Hefty Hideaway? Continue. <gasps> True. Continue. I don't think there's any bear bars. Period. I don't think you could really? do that though. Why not? Because there has to be some sort of copyright law. No, I don't think so. Hmm. With with the name Hefty Hideaway, I don't think so. I mean, you could also well, remove part of it or spell something differently. Just spell it H F T Y. Look at me trying to find loopholes. Well, also, John Waters is, like, very welcoming to, like, stuff like mm-hmm. that in Baltimore. Especially in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. So, uh, he definitely gives back to the scene there. Um, but, yeah, when I turned 21, I started performing. And I um, actually got my drag mother there, um, Kelly Cox. <laughs> and then her drag mom is Sabrina White, uh, which was a former Miss Gay America uh, from Maryland. I think it was, like... I don't remember the year. I'm not even going to try. Um, <laughs> I'm not really in the pageant scene, so <laughs> clearly. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I became friends with them and really started performing and doing the uh, amateur nights. And then my drag, they saw that it was more club kids. So mm-hmm. They actually had a party monster event, so they booked me for that. That was my first booking. Um Wow. Which was that was in 2012, um, but yeah, so, that was down at Central in Baltimore. 
So the club kid aesthetic was something that, like, had you decided if I'm going to do drag, I'm going to do it this way or no? Or no. Not at all? So when I when I started doing drag, I really wanted to do like very pretty, like feminine drag. Um, and then the club kid was just kind of like, I always did all the costume stuff growing up. So it was just kind of an extension of that. And it's just like, I'm painting my face. Like, I'm, and it started because I did, um, it was right when Born This Way came out. So I did the skull face mm. makeup because I know that's a makeup that I know how to do well. And it's very detailed. Um, and so I had the long, I ordered the long ponytail wig and I had like the tuxedo and I'm like dancing and like, I didn't end up winning, but like, oh, like half the contestants were pissed. Cause they were, they were just like, your look was there and you did the song, like, but it's someone that's like friends with one of the judges once so they were uh. kind of like mad, but it was also like a year long competition. So I was just like, well, I'm moving in a couple months anyway. Like, it's fine. Like. <laughs> whatever uh but it kind of pushed me to just like because everyone loved that i was like okay Mm -hmm. well let me do more of that um so i always try to do that but do the other drag at the same time which is kind of what i do now um i kind of do both Hmm. but yeah my drag name for a while was champagne cox and then my drag mother told me to remove her last name because i'll get further without it oh wow wow (laughs) she's still like more of a mentor anyway um she like definitely she was a hairstylist so she helped me with hair and she also helped like put me into drag and kind of show me like this is the type of powder you should use this is this and like she definitely did help me but Mm -hmm. um she definitely wasn't as motherly as i thought like a drag mother would be so (laughs) uh but she's still one of my good friends and i actually saw her last time i was baltimore like a year and a half ago and she like came running up to me like so excited to see me so Mm -hmm. I know she does love me, and like honestly, I have gotten further without that name, so it's fine. <laughs> wow. Well, your name is really—it's really unique, and it's kind of like you can't—you can't separate the first from the last name. I mean, if there is such a thing in 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 drag, um, what what was the inspiration for champagne? Okay, so this this will be fun. Um, so when I started, I originally was gonna do chandelier as like a name. Um, and then like Shan Delire, like, <laughs> so, but then there was a Chandelier already performing in Baltimore, um, who I'm still friends with and still performs in that area. Um, so I was like, okay, let me come up with something else. So I'm driving with my roommate at the time and we had just gotten Wendy's and we're like driving and we're like, what it's like, I really wanted a trashy white girl name. Um, that was always like my vision too for my aesthetic was like, I'm going to be like a garbage person. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I was very inspired by John Waters. So mm. she's like, okay, kind of in that thing. So she's like, well, I went to school with someone named like champagne, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what about just champagne? Um, and it kind of tied in with my mom's heritage because she's French Canadian. And we know like we're actually from France and like whereabouts. So I was just like, okay, well that will tie in with that. Um, but then the spelling so I did sham, like S-H-A-M, because it's all sham. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pain is actually, at the time, um, I had just found out that I was HIV positive, And the leather community was one of the only communities that really, like, took me in and didn't judge me for that. Mm-hmm. So the pain was kind of a play on that. And then I just aesthetically changed it to make it look like an actual last name. Oh, wow. Versus, like, the word pain. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. That was a lot more personal than I thought it was going to be. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's good because it's honestly that question is something that we often like. Well, we well, we stay away from because it's, it's. I feel like the girls hate that question. Yeah, a lot because often it's rather simple. Yeah, you know. But like, so we were like, well, let's ask you this question, and I'm glad we did because that's it, it's it's so important. You know, it's not just. Um, like a like a play on words there's obviously like all of these layers to it that are tied into you not you know not just your drag but but all of you and i think that that's terribly important because it it must mean that you have i mean i'm assuming this but that you're you're even more connected to that name than you know than if you'd been chandelier oh definitely you know yeah like, I look at Chandelier, I was like, well, that was a shit name. Glad I didn't pick that. Um, <laughs> but it's also, like, Champagne is also, like, it's very, like, when you think of Champagne, you think of something bubbly and mm-hmm. fun. And it's just, like, I always wanted to be fun and, like, kind of, like, accepted in the community. So, like, it's, like, everyone loves a glass of Champagne. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You can just, there's so many, you can just, so many different ways you can run with that, which is amazing. True. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going to, uh, I, I want to preface these questions because I don't want it to sound like, so we, when we were sitting down to come up with these questions, I was like, I don't want him to think that we're like, you know, judging the way that you are in drag. But this is a real thing. Rarely do we see you and think, oh, that's champagne. Like yes. we never recognize you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was wondering, is it ever like, is that is there is there ever a moment do you ever think like man it would be nice if like i could just walk into a room and everyone be able to point and be like yep that's her um, or does that happen so in boston <laughs> that happens and it's because everyone kind of knows me okay um but i noticed like at bushwick this year i showed up and like i was waving at people and they were kind of like ignoring me i was like what's going on i know these people <laughs> no. and then it's like i went up and introduced i was like oh it's champagne they're like oh my god like they they just didn't mm-hmm. recognize me because my makeup was so different than it yeah like yeah. usually is um it definitely in boston too i usually go out in that more like i have like a standard face that i'll do because sometimes it's like, I'm not going to do this crazy over-the-top look for, like, a $40 gig. Like, mm-hmm. uh, right. so I just kind of, like, have a standard face, and then I usually play off that um, and kind of do different things to it, different colors and that sort of stuff. So the thing is, when I travel, I tend to not do that. Because I'm like, everyone else does, like, very standard, like, face makeup. Let me, like, really display, like, my artistry and mm-hmm. do something different. Um I do wish sometimes people would recognize me immediately more. Because um, <laughs> it is hard. Well, that was even at DragCon. I went up and I started talking to you guys. And then you're like, I didn't even know that was you for a second. Yeah. So, uh, and that was the same, like I was saying, that happened with Bushwig with like, um, like Ragamuffin when I went up to her. Like she didn't recognize me mm-hmm. at first. Um, there was a few people, but like Violency was there and she immediately recognized me. She's also seen that makeup before. Mm-hmm. Though, so like she's used to it. Yeah. It was crazy. Cause when you were like, I'm here as like the skeleton and I was like, or as a zombie. And I was like, Oh, I saw her walk around. I didn't know who that was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, that's really kind of cool because it's just like with your name, it's it's so uniquely you, but you can do whatever you want with it. 
And right. so I, I guess as a follow-up to what Robert was saying, how do you, you know, when you're on the road or otherwise, and you're doing these um, more, like, conceptual looks, you know, like, the first time we saw you perform, you were covered in googly eyes, which was amazing, I have to Thank say. You. Like, not not just because of how it looked, but I'm the type of person that I'll look at a queen or a performer and, and beyond the performance, think about the, like, um how that'll happen, you know, mm-hmm. like how, what, what did she use to glue that to her face? Like, how is that staying on? Oh my God, how's she going to get it off? You know? And so all of that kind of goes through my head. Um, how do you, how do you take all of this and, and still have it be, um, I, I guess very like uniquely you, you know, champagne, like how does that, how, how are all these looks a reflection of your like vision of, of what your drag is? Sorry, that was a very like. It took a minute. Yeah, no, it's fine. I I think the big thing is since I was told that I couldn't go to art school, I really wanted to do like very artistic things, and this is like I was saying before, it's kind of my artistic outlet. So for those weirder looks, uh, a lot of like because there's a lot of looks that I do where I repeat a pattern and do it on my face. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like at DragCon where I had the um, green and pink checkers on my face, mm-hmm. similar to the fabric I was wearing. So that's kind of become like one of my signatures to the point. Um, Nico from Chicago ran up to me at queen. It was just like, I love that you're like doing that. Like just like keep on doing that. It's really cool. And it's become one of your like things. Like, so people are noticing it. Um, but yeah it's it's hard because like i do still want some sense of identity and kind of keep things cohesive because it's Mm -hmm. like it's kind of like in a fashion show like a collection like they should still be tied together somehow Mm -hmm. right um so i think the big thing is i try to keep my eyeliner the same that's like one of my go-to things Mm -hmm. uh uh in the looks and then it's just like just kind of running with it but still kind of like my mixes and everything and my personality, it's not like it changes based off the look. So mm-hmm. uh, it's usually more conceptual. And I think that's like something people expect, especially when I come out in a weird look. So I mean, <laughs> I don't want it to sound like we wish you were recognizable. You know what I mean? No, like, no, I'm not getting that at all. Don't worry. I oh, think good. it's really cool <laughs> yeah. that I don't recognize you. Well, it's, it's a double edged sword. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, that's the thing. Cause it's just like, it's, I know, like, a lot of people really like that because then it's, like, you don't know what to expect. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of, like, when I show up and it's just, like, oh, yes, okay, I wasn't expecting that at all versus, like, oh, they're probably going to show up in this or that. Because, uh, like, that's any city. There's always, like, some queens that are, like, oh, they're going to show up in, like, a flowy black, like, garment. They're going to show up in this. And it's, like, mm-hmm. for a while I had a very similar silhouette, um, which also helped. I was wearing a lot of those, like, uh, what would I call them? It's like those bodycon dresses, uh, like similar to what Katya would wear a lot. Oh like yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of like bodycon dress, and then I had a cowl and then like long sleeves. Because for a while, I was very self conscious about showing my chest hair and everything, mm. even though I had a beard. I was mm-hmm. just like, okay, well that might be too much for other people. Um, and then w- one of my friends was just like, well, you already have a beard. So you have all this hair on your face. I don't think people are really going to care that much. And then it kind of like allowed me to be more me. Mm-hmm. And then so my silhouette definitely has changed. And it's like flowier things. And it's like, oh, my chest hair is there. Okay. I have like guys coming up. And it's just like, yes, I love that. Like, I'm like, yes. oh, okay. <laughs> it's hot. 
Um, but I do want to circle back. So the googly eye look, I know yes. this is one of your favorite oh. looks that I've done. Um, so that look was actually, I think the fourth incarnation of that. Mm-hmm. So it started out, um, my friend Severity Stone was competing in the, um, what's the, it was, I forget what the title was. Um, it's in Salem. Oh, Scream Queen. It was, uh, mm-hmm. Sharon Needles was crowned the first Scream Queen of Salem, like Salem, Massachusetts with all the witches and that sort of <laughs> stuff. So like they had a pageant the next year mm-hmm. and she was in it. And like, I was running late, which is very typical of me. Um, <laughs> And I show up and I have them all glued on my face. She's like, you're late, but there's good reason why you're late. And that's amazing. Like, so that was when I first did it. And then (laughs) it was a skull. It wasn't just like all over. It was specifically placed in a skull pattern. Oh, wow. Um, And then it was also white. So they kind of didn't, it just looked kind of like polka dots almost. So the next time I did it, I did black. And then I was like, oh, okay. Well, I did it for pride. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Pride one, they sell the neon googly eyes, so I separated them into the colors, so it was a gradient of the rainbow. Oh, wow. So that one, I had, like, drag like, very established Boston drag queens that, like, never would come out in a look like that. Like, this is, like, everything. Like, where you came up with that idea, I have no idea. And I'm like, well, it's just kind of like, I've seen videos of people gluing, like, rhinestones to their Mm -hmm. face. So I'm like, let me just go all the way and do, like, my spin on it, which is, like, arts and crafts, like, Mm -hmm. and kind of just, like, go with the googly eyes. And then the mix came later, um, like, the performance part of it, Mm because it was just a look for a while. Yeah, And then... um, we have the show called No Filter that um, Violencia is one of the hosts of, and it was body parts theme. And I'm like, well, let me uh, pull this out and like just do it. So uh, I made the mix for that, and that's why the mix was all about eyes and that sort of thing because it's very conceptual. Um, and then it's just kind of been one of my, you could say, iconic looks. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I love a good pun. I love a good pun. Oh, that really tickled me. I was wow. sitting on that for about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, ah, I know how I'm going to end this sentence. Yeah. Um, I'm happy you were able to work it in. <laughs> it, it just, I, I love it. I love it when a queen goes for it like that because I, I never do for like many reasons, but because it's kind of more of a do it when we can type of thing. You know, it's it's always like I think of the dress and the hair and then I'm like, well, I'm just going to put my face on. Like I don't um Oh, like when I'm doing makeup, you know. I always match it to what I'm wearing. So it's like, oh, I'm wearing this dress that's like blue and white. Mm-hmm. I have to incorporate that in my eyeshadows or somewhere in my face mm-hmm. just to keep it cohesive. And that's like one of my things is like everything matches or mm-hmm. it's like a color story or it's just kind of that oh thing God. like that that's how i always was i love um, how traditional that is like in terms of um you know how people feel like they have to match their handbag to their shoes to their dress to their like makeup i love that yeah that's amazing. and then like when i don't i'm like this just feels weird like something's <laughs> off well i think it does it does bring more cohesion because you're pulling from you know like a, like a color here or a shape or a pattern there mm-hmm. and it just it makes it um it makes it one whole unit, I think. And so you're looking at the whole at the whole thing or the whole person as opposed to focusing on separate aspects exclusively with your yeah. looks, you know, because it's like, 
Like I just pulled up some of your looks because I was like, I forgot to print them. And it's it's really interesting how you do do that with the color because you pull from, you know, from so many different parts. So it's almost like you're, like you were saying earlier, your face in, is an extension of, of what you're wearing yeah. in a way. And I, I think that that's a really, like that that's not done very often. I don't think. And I always color my beard. That's like a big thing too. I always make sure I match it to my wig. Oh, wow. I was going to ask because I never see your beard. Yeah. When, when That's I see the thing. And pe- like a lot of people don't notice it immediately because they're like, it just like it matches. So it doesn't look like it's standing out. Um, my, my, it's just more of like an aesthetic thing to me. Um, and it's just, I color it with foundation. It's all like the cream foundations that you can buy in different colors. Mayron makes them. Ben and I make them. Yeah. Um, so I just color it with that, and I try to find the colors that match enough. Um, it becomes a problem when I'm doing a show where I have to do, like, three numbers, because then I need three wigs that will match it, or, like, something that's completely opposite, so that it's, like, a contrast. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of one of the things that's kind of stuck out for me, along with, right now, the mutton chops. It's mm-hmm. like, those are the mutton chops, and then the colored facial hair. Uh, just kind of like stands out because when I wear like those huge wigs, it kind of like covers the mutton chops too. So mm-hmm. like people really don't notice them, right? Um, which is kind of interesting. It was it they would notice it more when I had a full beard and I like covered my lips and everything too. But now that I like shaved that off, which I shaved it off for Halloween last year, mm-hmm. just so I could like do that zombie paint. Wow! Wow! That's fascinating. I'm sorry. I'm just like taking it all in. I I think it's such an interesting approach to. No, I I definitely do things like kind of different than a lot of other people, but it's just like yeah, it's also me. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's incredible. Um, let's take another break, and then when we come back, we want to talk to you about uh the scene in Boston and what that's like. Sure. So stick around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. So we're back. And we wanted to know what it's like in the scene in Boston. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I it's, it's hard because there's... So Boston itself, the drag scene is kind of like a microcosm of very different types of drag. Right. So some nights it's more club kid style, other nights, and like, then there's nights where it's kind of almost like a Dragula type of style. Okay. And then there's like pageanty types that happen too. Um, so is this all happening kind of in the same neighborhood, same venue, or is it like separated out into different parts of the city? So there, the bars in Boston in general are like kind of separated from each other. So the main bars, we have Machine, um, Club Cafe, Jacques, 
and then we do um, candy bar, which is hot mess Sundays, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which is like a straight bar, but we have a gay night there. And um, so that one is like candy bars club kid. And that's like the only event that really goes on there for drag. Um, and then like uh, club cafe is definitely more like pageanty kind of like, um, I don't want to say like old school because it's like younger queens that are doing it and they're doing like, it's very like top 40 generic, like that style. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like machine is more like Brooklyn style drag where it's kind of like, okay, we're going to do weird. Like last night we just had scary movie theme. Um, neon and Violencia did Brenda and Cindy, um, from scary movie <laughs> oh my God. And, and did the whole scene. And then, um, like, it was also, like, you could just do horror movies, so I did a Mrs. Voorhees number um, based off the first Friday the 13th movie. Um, so it's just kind of like... And our mixes are weird, too. Like, mine was um, talking about hunting you down, and then it was uh, tattoo, like, all the voices in my head, all the things I said. Oh um, and then it ends with Rose's turn, but instead of, um, like, Gypsy Rose Lee, I changed it to Jason Voorhees. So it's, like, this big, like, over-the-top... It's the Bernadette Peters version, so it's, like, over-the-top. And then it's just, like, where it goes, and, like, everyone's just, like, dying laughing. Because it's just, like, stupid. I call it stupid, but it's kind of like that... It's just dumb. Uh-huh. Like, it's not... It's not actually stupid. We put a lot of work into it, mm-hmm. but... Right. Um... So that's, like, Machine. It's more of, like, the gritty. And then um, there's other nights that go on, like, the night I host, which is Houseboy, which is, like, a gender queer party, mm-hmm. which is one of the, like, few queer parties in the city. Um, and I kind of label that different than, like, the gay bars, because there are some bars where it's, like, women don't feel welcome going there. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, there's a bear bar at the alley, which... It, it like I've gone there, and it, dep- it definitely depends on the night that you go, because um, they'll have like underwear parties, and then so like women go, and they're like, "Well, I'm in my underwear too," and like the majority of people are like, "Well, yeah, you're joining us. That doesn't matter." Mm-hmm. Uh, but then some people are like, "Ew!" Like it's just like really is seeing like a girl in a bra gonna like prevent you from like going home with someone? Like, calm down, you'll be fine. Right. Like, uh, but yeah, the drag scene in general, like. Like I was saying, it, it is a very different scene depending on where you are, but I feel like all the queens really, like, work on pushing each other up and kind of going further with their drag, um, which I didn't notice as much in Baltimore when I was there, because I noticed there it was more, like, kind of cutthroat, and, like, now there's, like, no drag scene. It's all, like, brunch shows in Baltimore. Oh, like, wow. That's it. Um, and it's, like, uh, maybe, like, a monthly show here and a monthly show there, but that's it. And versus wow. Boston, it's, like, we have a show almost every night. Uh, the only nights that we don't really do is Tuesdays, but now there's, like, a new... We're kind of doing, like, one of those, like, drag wars type of nights. Oh, so okay. it's the drag gauntlet, and then Violencia hosts karaoke on Tuesdays. So, like, there is drag, it's just not, like, a big drag night. And mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's actually another night that just started, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tuesday is, like, the gay day of rest in Boston. So... <laughs> Because when I started coming out in Boston, it would go, Wednesday was Latino night, Thursday was this night called Glam Life, Fridays were uh, Guilt Fridays, Saturdays were Epic Saturdays, Sundays was Hot Mess Sundays, and then there was All-Star Mondays at Machine. So it was like a circuit that you would just go to like kind Mm -hmm. of everything, and then Tuesday was like, okay, I'm not going out tonight. And then Wednesday, you would start all over again. So, but definitely it's definitely died down um we just had another gay bar close 
here. So, like, there's just... Boston's becoming more and more, like, well, you're welcome everywhere, so we're kind of losing spaces. Mm. Um, It's one of those things where, like, it's still needed, and I think so many people are, like, getting used to just, like, instead of supporting the gay bars, they'll just go to the bar with their friends, and they're not going to be, like, hassle for being gay. Yeah. It's the price. It's the price of like fitting in and becoming heteronormative. Uh, I mean, the, but the thing is, like you said, you know, you still need those spaces. Well, especially because it's like that's a very like gay cent, like gay male centered viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, that like everyone's accepted because it's definitely not the case for trans and Mm-mm. non-binary and like no. everyone on that spectrum. And that's why like Houseboy, the night that I host, like we really want to make it feel welcome. Mm-hmm. And um, we definitely have a following mm-hmm. based off us doing that. And, like, there are a lot of girls to show up. But I'm, like, I bet people, like, well, I just assumed it would be, like, a lot of girls and, like, trans. And then they show up and there's, like, daddies because it's all house music. So they're older and they're, like, they just want to go out and dance. They're, like, there's, like, so many daddies and hot guys here. I'm, like, yeah, everyone's welcome. They come because they don't care. They just want to dance to music. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, and so more and more people yeah. are coming out to this. Create a safe space and people will come. Exactly. You that know? sounds amazing. Wow. Like, mm. yeah. My thing, I... my thing when I first started, um, mm. well, when I first started going to like bear bars and stuff, I was always confused as to why no one wanted to dance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I got married and I don't dance anymore in bars. So I'm boring. But, uh, well, you know. see... <laughs> Before I started doing drag, I used to go out, I would go out dancing, like, on a Thursday night, Friday night, like. Right. And then when I started doing drag, it's just like, well, I'm out so much anyway, I'm like, the the last thing I want to do is dance. I just Mm want to have a drink with my friends. And like, so that's like, when I go to the bars, it's usually literally to just grab a drink with friends. And that's where we like meet up. So it's very different. Um. There are, like, some nights, like, that I do enjoy going out dancing, but I really need to be in the mood for that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm also getting older, so. <laughs> Same. <laughs> or, like, as you get married and stop dancing. <laughs> well, That's, like, like, the mother of all quotes. Well, I was that friend who, like, if I was waiting online for a drink and my song came on, I would be like, guess I'm going to stay thirsty. See you later. Like, I was that friend. I and, was like that too. Yeah. And then now it's like, oh, well, I'm, I really need a drink to deal with these people. And so I just grab a drink instead. I mean, I think the hope is that like when that happens, that you're with like one or two other people and they'll get you a drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like you can have the best of both worlds, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was a long time ago. Because oh the song, the song that would, that would do that was Beyonce's Get Me Bodied. So. I was going to say, you still, that was uh, one of the, you owe me that, that dance, Robert. Fir- Sorry. So, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> Get Me Bodied was one of the first numbers I performed. And I did the eight-minute, like, super mix of it with the, like, breakdown and everything. Because what other version is there, really? True. <laughs> and, like, I... Because I used to do capoeira in college as well. So I was very flexible. And I could do a back bend. So, like, that part came on. And I was, like, pretty much, like, completely bent over backwards. Like... Wow. Yeah. In heels too. I cannot do that. Ow. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. I mean, I would love to see that. Um, but uh... <laughs> uh, I can't dance, so it just 
that oh i'm not a dancer i'm not out. a dancer no neon's like, the yeah. dancer of boston like i am not a dancer <laughs> when i'm in drag i just like I, i'm very old lady about it if i like the few occasions i have performed i'm just like i point i step down a step i go back up the step and well i think you know. what you mean is that you can't dance well th- yeah that's what i mean i can't dance like i don't know how physically cannot do it yeah like we've tried we've tried we've gone this. out and tried and mm-hmm. it just it doesn't happen Mm-mm. i'm so. just not i'm not built that way <laughs> which is which is sad considering i'm puerto rican and Everybody yeah. in my family has reminded me of that. And they're like, how? How did this happen? Like, no salsa, nothing. And I'm like, I, like, I hear it. I just, my body, like, my mind and my body do not connect when it comes to, like, movement. <clears throat> you know, it's a struggle just to move forward on oh, a no, daily basis. I, lo- I love doing just, like, the, like, simple two steps and stuff. I can, like, I'll go to Latin night and I'll do, like, full-on bachata and, like, all that. I have no problem doing that even in drag it's just like for some reason i just don't like like during performances and stuff i stick more towards comedy because mm-hmm. i think that's more of my personality and it's just kind of like i have a very dry sense of humor and it's like a very like cerebral type of humor because mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of like memes and like a lot of conceptual stuff so it's like my mixes are funny but you gotta kind of think about it so mm-hmm. i'm not like gonna be doing like i've can do a split i can do a death drop i just don't like doing them all the time because right. i feel like then it like cheapens the trick yeah kind of thing. um so that's why like in terms of dancing i'll like do like disco music or like something where it's just like you just kind of get like that groove going yeah which i also just got roller skates so a xanadu number is gonna happen soon oh my god <laughs> oh my wow. god she's mobile Um, my, you mentioning bachata made me think, so in high school, I was taught to learn how to, I was taught bachata, but I was only taught how to do it side to side, not front to back. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't figure out how to do it front to back yet. That sounds stupid. You need a really long room. Yeah. Yeah. No, side to side. Oh, oh, it's stationary. It's not stationary. Well, it's like side to side, but like but I've then seen, you go, like you go front to back too. Like it's mainly side to side, and then like there's the other steps part of it, right? But for some reason, my body can do it side to side perfectly fine. When I start to try and do it front to back, it doesn't work out. It just doesn't happen. I have yeah. to like if I'm gonna do it, if I'm gonna fake it, I have to do it like it's the electric slide and turn my body. But, like, that doesn't work either. So. Well, that's like when I want to Vogue, I just do the Macarena, and it's fine. <laughs> it looks the same. It's just weird because I can't figure that one out. But, like, you give me one drink and put on whatever, like, salsa song you can think of. Put on anything by Mark Anthony, and I, you would swear I was a fucking dance instructor. Mm-hmm. Like, it's scary the way it yeah. happens. Wait, but... you don't know the Macarena? Me? Yeah. I didn't say that. Oh, who said that? Oh, I thought oh. that's what you said. Yeah, because you oh. said I can't figure that one out either, and I no, was no, like, no, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't say that. I can, like, I can definitely do the macarena. Like the macarena is like I dream of genie. Come on, it's like pretty super much simple. It is I dream of genie? Yeah, when I first learned the macarena, you know, the part where they cross the like their arms, I would do the like the head bob, and everybody was like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's not a part of it." Like, were you able the... to like flare your nose and everything too? No. No, I, I, yeah, I, I could not do the, the wiggle, the but I would, wiggle. I, I would do the, like, the genie head bop. Um, mm-hmm. 
and people would look at me weird, and I'm like, oh, that's not a part of the Macarena? Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> the Macarena, I think, the Macarena is the perfect segue to... What did you What did you want to talk about? Oh, Go my ahead. God, yes. It's your, this oh, is your time. Oh, it's that oh, time of the evening. So... Yesterday, as I was on, on one of the few times I ever go on Facebook these days, um, your post came up front and center that <laughs> you made a pumpkin tres leches cake. And I had to comment on that because I adore tres leches cake. It's like my probably my favorite cake. And before we went on this crazy keto diet, I was churning them out like a factory for whatever yeah. reason. So I want to know, how did you make a pumpkin one? Because that... Sounds really interesting. And so, delicious. so what happened was I was going through the pantry and I'm like, okay, I have this condensed milk that I haven't used. I have this can of pumpkin. I have a can of evaporated milk and I have milk in the fridge. So I was like, well, I could make, I was like, those are the three that like I would use. I mm-hmm. think you can use like heavy cream instead of whole milk. Mm-hmm. But it's like pretty much the same. I had whole milk. Um, and then, so I just looked up, a, I was like pumpkin translation and it popped up and I was like, okay, let me try it. I've never made a cake like that before. <laughs> so, and I'm a baker. Like, I'll make muffins, I'll make cookies, I'll, like, make all sorts of stuff like that. Like, in my spare time, I enjoy it. Especially in the fall, because mm-hmm. it's all, like, all the spices and everything in it. Really, like, it just makes the apartment smell nice, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm making it, and my roommate, JP, is there, and he's just watching me do it and he's just like in his head he's laughing his ass off because he just knows how complicated this thing is to make because it's like well you gotta you gotta do the like milk separate Mm -hmm. then the like wet ingredients and then you gotta put the eggs and get them so they're like frothy Mm -hmm. and then it's like then you mix in the dry ingredients but you have to fold it so it's like airy and like i definitely like did not make it correctly but it still came out delicious (laughs) <laughs> like to the point jp was like getting ready for a gig because he performs as well uh mm-hmm. his drag name is just jp um and then he like ran in i had like cut myself a piece he's like i'm gonna try to take a spoonful and then you, he runs down the hallway you just hear like oh my god that's so good and like runs into his mm-hmm. drag room and finishes his makeup oh so my he's, god like, upset that he couldn't have a bigger piece but he know he's in providence right now so he knows that it will be here when he comes back <laughs> so <laughs> He's like, make sure there's still some left for me. He's like, that's really good. Oh, well, I like that just sounds delicious. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, It it came out really good. And the spices and everything kind of complement it. Mm -hmm. I do think the pumpkin, though, makes it heavier than it should be. um, Mm. Because pumpkin is not like a very like airy type of ingredient at all. So it makes it like very moist and very dense already. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with the milk, it, it just gets like very dense. But it's like. You don't need a big piece, and it's just like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because such such as cake, like the the cake itself, as you know, like it's almost like a sponge angel food cake. Yeah, but it's still like dense. It's it's strange. Like it's um, like well, you, um, are you talking about after you add the milk to it? Well, no, like the the like because I I. I forgot where I found the recipe that I used, but it's it's similar, you know, where you, you like you froth the egg whites separate yeah. from the egg yolks and you know, it's like you fold in and you know, it's this whole process, right? But but I find that like the cake itself, while it's it it doesn't I don't know, it's dense but it doesn't taste dense. It's like a weird it's a weird dessert. And then when you add the milk, 
it becomes this whole other thing. It's oh, a, yeah. it's like a like a science experiment, but I love it. It's it's so yummy. It was really um, good. I realize now what I did wrong is the recipe didn't tell me to separate the egg yolks from the egg whites. Oh, so it didn't get as it got like glossy, but yeah, not frothy. Which it said in the thing to get glossy, so that's probably why because mm-hmm. it's just like mixed together. But if I I'm probably gonna end up making it again. Mm-hmm. I'll actually use a mixer because I did it by hand too. So oh, like, I yeah. got a workout. Oh <laughs> yeah. Same time. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably just do it with the mixer and separate them because I think that will add so much like um, volume to it. And yeah, and and the egg whites will stay like they'll stay frothy even when you're yeah. folding it in. I mean, yeah. it's. Mm. I'm yeah. gonna have to figure out how to make this cake keto. Like, I can if, send you the recipe. Oh my god, please, please do. Yeah. If I die trying, that's what that's what's gonna happen in this house. Is a... I think the most the parts of it would be well, it's just the sweetened condensed milk. Like, yeah, there has to be a way around it's that. So sweet, and then it's like the sugar and stuff when you're mixing with the eggs because that helps get them frothy. Mm-hmm. Because it was yeah. brown and it was brown and white sugar. Oh it was my like god! Two cups of sugar. <laughs> oh my god! But the flour, like you were saying, you can use like almond flour, right? Yeah, I'm sure there's a way. It just sounds yeah. so good. Mm. Yeah, oh, well, I'll I find it. I'm sure there's some like keto. Oh my goodness. Recipes for it too. I already found something for you. What you did? <laughs> oh gosh, the internet is just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Jeez, there's a lot of ingredients in this mess. Of course there are, because of the substitutions. Monster of a cake. Um, yeah. Um, so, are we gonna do the? Are we gonna do the listener question first, or the which one? How do you want to do this? What What was What was the? Well, I have a gratitude that I want to share. I don't have an attitude necessarily. I think let's do that after then. Okay. So, that way, I can think of mine too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, our listener question comes from our listener Donald, who I got a chance to meet at DragCon, but you know Daniel wasn't around, so we missed out. Wow. See, Donald and I, we had a special moment. Wow. Daniel gets to miss out. Um, he writes, "Hi, ladies. Hope you had an amazing DragCon, Robert. It was so nice to meet you. You too, Donald. Um, even if it was brief. You're such a bitch right now." <laughs> Just like rubbing it in your face because I know it pisses you off. Um, (laughs) Sorry I missed you, Daniel. There's always next drag con. I wanted to know what your general thoughts about drag con were this year. It was generally a lot better than last year. The main reason being that the amount of space was increased by a lot. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have to say the Javits Center staff should absolutely not be wearing drag con staff shirts as they had virtually no information on the convention and queens. But besides that one negative, it was an all-around amazing weekend. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the show, Donald. Um... So, yeah, um, I agree. It was a much bigger... I mean, were were you there last year, Champagne? I was. Um, the space definitely was bigger. Yes. I just don't like how they utilized the space this year. I feel like it, it was, was utilized really better. Like, last year's space was just utilized so much better, even though it was smaller. Yeah. Um, I did like how I wasn't crammed in the aisles like last year. Oh, but then was... it's like... Mm. 
all the little, like, I think Pinche mentioned this last, um, on one of the recent podcasts that you guys did with them. Yeah. About the, like, artist alley kind of. Yep. I call it artist alley because that's, like, other conventions. But it was all shoved in, like, this corner. So you yeah. wouldn't notice it right away unless you went over there. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, oh, okay, that's weird. I think that's what they call it in L.A. is artist alley. Because I know there's autograph alley and there's... And in, in L.A. it was, like, in an open... You know, it was, like, on the convention center floor, not on this, like, this, like, weird cavern it it what? felt uh-huh. it felt very um the basement like re- like uh, like people seeking refuge after a storm you know yeah. it was it was really weird cuz i was like hey where is this oh like you just walk like you just happen upon it it was very strange yeah, yeah. um i i don't the pink shirts i didn't realize that they were all javits center staff cuz normally they're people that are just hired by dragcon i guess um, well, my favorite was on the second day, uh, we were walking into the Javits Center and, you know, Jiggly's running late. We're trying to get her to wherever she has to be. And one of the uh, security guards is oh like, no, this isn't the right badge. This isn't, they have to go the other way. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And we're now? like, it says exhibitor. Like, yeah. we need to get to our booth before all of these crazy fans, like, stampede like it's Black Friday. Yeah. Like, you know... <laughs> It was a very strange experience, but I did, I did like Donald that there was more space this year. It was, it wasn't as claustrophobic. It felt more like, like LA DragCon, which we got to go to this past May, which was very comfortable and organized. It it felt yeah. much more like that. I have to agree with that because I didn't go to LA DragCon this year, but I went the year before. And I remember the difference between the two conventions last year mm-hmm. and it being New York just felt like it was the same amount, just like in a smaller venue. Yeah. And this time it actually reminded me more of when I was in LA, mm-hmm. uh, which I had more fun in LA, but I think that's because I don't go to LA often. So. Mm-hmm. Also in LA, the girls, I mean, and, and, you know, drag race girls and non drag race girls alike just really, it just seems like they pull out all the stops because I think it's like easier well, to access them- things. A lot of them are based there. So, yeah. like, for example, my looks for DragCon LA wouldn't be as elaborate as my looks for DragCon New York because I can yeah. drive to New York mm-hmm. and bring bigger looks versus, like, flying. You're limited with how much you can bring. Yeah. Right. Like, I think Latrice, I mean, I don't know, Latrice was getting married, so she wasn't there, but she had a whole damn castle. In LA. Like, yeah. like you could see her booth poking up out, like, you just look high enough and you could see her, like, turrets. Yep. Who does that? You know, like see Latrice's turrets. <laughs> that needs to be on a T-shirt. Wow, 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 wow! I mean, they were her turrets. She needs to cover up. <laughs> Ma'am, your turrets are showing. Um, wow, wow! That's what you get. <laughs> I can't. It's very true. We had we had a little bit of a conversation with Derek Barry in LA about that, about how like, you know, the the experience in, you know, in LA versus New York is like, you know, bringing a curtain and calling it a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, she brought a letter. She literally did. She, she brought a light up B. Yeah. And then and that was it. And t-shirts. Mm-hmm. That's all she did. Yeah. So I will have to say my favorite booth and I'm 
not being biased or anything, was just Sasha's booth this year because it the blue velour mm-hmm. all over just like separated it from all the black curtains everywhere. Yep. Yeah. It, it just kind of like stood out and you could just find it. That's what she did uh, in LA and it was like like you could see it, you know, like well, and also because I was hanging out with her um and like the house of war afterwards so we were like behind it and it's like from the back you can definitely see where it is because it's all black 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 blue black black mm-hmm. black it was just kind of interesting yeah it's beautiful i love that blue that's kind of become her like signature color lately i also yeah. i love that she had like a museum of her looks i think that's a, such a smart idea mm-hmm. and i don't understand why more girls don't well that. also like i like as someone that makes all my own outfits i was like going up and i was looking at all the little details on them and it's just like how is this like made and like mm-hmm. that was interesting to me yeah um, yeah yeah i was like oh i mean because my the you know was her like lilith slash eve look from the finale this year and i was like oh my god so oh my gorgeous. god and i'm like and and i forget that sasha's not a giant right? either like <laughs> Okay, but because to me she's so like like a uh, big but whatever big tall well, tall it's her, it, like it's her confidence too yeah like she the way she walks and everything you would think she's like six five right and I know it's that like, like that stretches yeah. but she is that small and so and, and you know she wears those like huge shoes now all the time so I I get it but it was just like I don't know I always think drag queens are like bigger than they are actually yeah. like you know most things and so i was like oh my god these things they're so little i'm like they're so tiny and just getting well, to look at the like on that one in particular every like it was all hand beaded yes. like diego montoya does such amazing work it really is right it's just crazy um i definitely yeah. didn't get i i i understand what you're saying but i definitely didn't think like oh look sasha's so tiny because of all the embellishments on on those outfits, mm-hmm. I was too busy being like, "Oh my God, look at every and, th- and trying to imagine like if I was going to make an outfit that intricate, how much time it would take me to apply all of that stuff." Mm-hmm. And, do, and like, not that's with where glue. my mind was. So, um, yes, not with glue. Um, I want to give a special shout out to Alexis Michelle's booth because I was just blown away by the optical illusion of it all. Um, she had this backdrop. Her, her whole theme was Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And so she had uh, a backdrop that was the staircase. And then the landing was like physically there. And just like the way it looked in photos, it was like a real mind fuck. Yeah, it was amazing. It. So. Well, that was like Monet's booth. Uh, oh, yeah. At the stoop. I like thought people were taking pictures with her, like literally on a stoop somewhere. And oh, like, my oh, God. Because yeah. I didn't see her booth in person. Yeah. I just saw pictures of it afterwards. And I was like, that's like a cool concept for like a meet and greet and kind of a booth. Because you're just hanging with Monet. Yeah. I'm so stupid. I was like, where was Monet performing outside? Literally. Yeah. I was like, no. wow, look at all no, these people. No, that's what I thought. Oh that's what God. I thought at first. I was just like, okay. But yeah, I, I really liked her booth. I saw it for like a split <laughs> second. And I didn't like... I, I recognized that she was sitting kind of low to the ground, but it just it didn't register to me because there was also a lot of light on her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah th- it was really cool. I mean, yeah. I, I think a lot of the girl like Cameron Michaels had a like a throne, mm-hmm. like it was elevated with a um, and hers was wheelchair accessible. Yeah, which was a like she made a point of that because you could it had a ramp so everybody could 
That's good. You know, get up there. And uh, Asia had like a giant toadstool or something. Um, Aquaria was like trussed up into her, mm-hmm. um, whatever that's, and into her booth, basically. Uh-huh. Like her outfit every day was like her tied to the physical Yeah, I think she was supposed thing. to be like taken captive by a dragon, like a sea dragon yeah. or something. It was something it like that. It was pretty cool. I like that Bob was like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Bob's know why. It's really funny. It like yeah. reminded me of Kitten with a Whip. May she rest in peace. <laughs> like just something... Something about it really, like, took me back. Yeah. Um, I also love that she was, like, wheeled in on a hand truck. Kitten would have done it, but with a shorter wig. With a Monet wig. Oh, yeah, with that <laughs> pussycat wig. Yes. The pussy kitten wig. Um, I also, I recently saw Bob at, um, I was assisting Jiggly with something, and Bob was there, and it was just really, um, I just, I, it, it was a good feeling that, like, you know, to be able to be like, hey, girl, remember me? And she's like, oh, my God, it's you. Like, it was fun. So, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorites, though, before the yeah, this, it was Abora walking around on the stilts, but she was in that smaller section. Yes. So, like, her booth with Disasterina, and it's like the two that, and it's like Abora's just hitting the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, just thinking of that. Did you also see the photo of um, Nicole Page Brooks, like, going up to her? No. There's a photo of Nicole Page Brooks going up and, like, touching Abora's nose. And, like, then just taking a photo together, it's just hysterical because they grew up in the same scene together. And Abora was, like, ignoring everyone and just hears Nicole, like, yell, like, Abora! And, like, just, like, turns around super quickly and, like, goes over and is, like, bent over talking to her. I'll try to find the photo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talk about giants. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That. Oh, my goodness. Um. So do we want to move on to Attitude sure. and Gratitude? Is Go it ahead. time? Go ahead. Sure. Um, okay. So, um, okay, so I do have an attitude. My attitude is to basically all of the Supreme Court. Like, this is a stain. Like, if other things were also, like, this is a stain on all of you at this point. So I know that everyone did not vote for, not everyone voted for Kavanaugh, but enough of you did. So congratulations, this is a stain. You're making a mockery of our country, and um, I hope you're happy. my gratitude, on the other hand, goes to Michael Arsenault, whose book I recently finished listening to. Um, his book is called I Can't Date Jesus. And um, it was just, it was really good. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I felt a lot of, you know, there was, a, there was a section where he talked about coming out to his mom and his mom not having like the best reaction and, and how there was a, there were a couple of things she said that, you know, he had to learn to forgive her for because they have such a strong bond. And it, it got me thinking about my mother. And, um, and so, you know, I had like a, 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 like an emotional reaction to it. So um, I definitely recommend the book. I will say I listened to the audio book and not to be shady, but I, did not love the way that Michael read his own words, which it's sort of, he reads them sort of like he has no connection to them, which I find strange. And I don't know if that's maybe more reflective of what, a, what every other audiobook is like, or if, because the, I mean, to give you an idea, the audiobooks I listened to before that is uh, Aaron Gibson from Throwing Shades, Feminasty. Um, and before that was Jennifer Lewis's The Mother of Black Hollywood. And so those two books were just very theatrical. 
And so I expected more of the same. And, you know, it was just, it wasn't as, um, I don't know. It just, it, it didn't feel like the way he read the, his own words, it just, it felt like there was a, a missed connection between the emotion and the words. Um, so I, I guess I would recommend reading the physical book, but it's a great book. Definitely pick it up. Um, and uh, yeah, who's next? <laughs> well, I, I will skip this week. Great. Because I literally, I've just, I've done nothing but work. So I have, I don't know, gratitude is, is next day delivery from companies that supply foam. <laughs> That's literally like, no, I'm serious. When I run out of foam, it's a big deal because I have to pack so much. I told you, it's very mundane. That's the only thing I'm grateful for this week. Um, <laughs> champagne. Um. Sure. So my attitude was actually the same. Uh, it was about Kavanaugh and the political system and yeah. how gross it is right now. Um, and really, ultimately, I just want to say, like, on that note, it's just like any women or anything like there are people that are there listening and are there for you, um, even if our government's not. Um, so don't think otherwise. Um, but I don't want to delve too much into that. Um uh, I don't want to be a political pain in the ass, but remember to vote. Um, yes. Elections are coming up. Elections. Oh. Uh, so the, uh, the midterm elections are actually on my birthday. So the best thing that everyone listening can do as a gift to me is to go vote, please. Mm-hmm. And it's free. It is free. And you get a sticker. Yeah. Everyone loves stickers. And oh my God, you're getting me a gift and I'm giving you one back with like a sticker. Like, come on. Let's do this. <laughs> um, what was your gratitude? Then, so my gratitude on a lighter note is um, the season of American Horror Story, uh, which have you guys been watching it? Yes. I'm after episode four. I'm very happy. Yes. It is like there was a meme that I shared where it's just like AHS apocalypse. And it's like, did you mean gay wizard cult? And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And it's just getting like to that campy and like, that's mm-hmm. what I really like about American Horror Story is how campy it gets. So I'm very, very excited <laughs> that it's going back to that. And all the Coven characters are crossing over with like uh, Murder House and everything. Myrtle Snow so. is such a gift. Oh, I know. She's just her. Also, I don't know why, but B.D. Wong's haircut is so good. Oh, he's such good hair. He looks so good in this. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what it is, but he's just like kind of mesmerizing to look at, and of course Billy Porter because I mean, of course. Yeah. Um, did you see that B D Wong got married? He did. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I was kind of bummed. Why? I don't know. I like to think like when there's a when there's like a hot celebrity, I'm always like I like to believe that I have a chance still, even though I'm married too. But whatever. You, know. you might have a chance. Wow. <laughs> It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy, Mariah. Um, and Bible Girl is an American horror story, so that's good too. Yeah, that's right. Have you not? What <laughs> have you not noticed? This champagne, Michael Langdon is Bible Girl. You yes. know his name? I just, I literally pulled that out of my ass. I'm happy I got it right. Wow. Seriously, yes. every time we're like, Bible's doing such a good job. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, every time. Um, I'm not totally sold on this season of American Horror Story and I'm going to tell you why. Um, so... <laughs> oh, indulge us. Um, I was imagining... Okay, I'm crazy. Let me start there. Um, 
I was imagining a um, like a bloody apocalypse ballet for some reason, um, which doesn't really make sense when I say it out loud, but whatever. Uh, that's where I thought Ryan Murphy was going to take us. And now sort of, I mean, spoiler alert, sort of finding out that it's not so much about the end of the world, that it's about something else. I'm kind of like, oh, like it's going to take me a second to shift because I Coven is one of my favorite seasons. And so the fact that the the Coven is here, I'm, I'm all about that. But it's going to take a second for me to shift and like care about this story now that it's not about what it was supposed to be about, I guess. So there's that. Well, I think a lot of it, too, is they're probably going to go into the backstory of how everything like went down. And mm. I think it will like have more of that, like because there was such a time gap of like yeah. almost like. 18, I think it said 18 months or something. So it's just like, there's so much that probably happened during then yeah. that they're going to like touch upon. So I think that will like definitely tie in more with the apocalypse portion of it. I also don't love... So one of the things I didn't like about Coven was that like someone would die and then they'd bring him back to life. Then they die again. Yeah. They bring him back to life. I hate that shit. They're witches. I don't care. I don't care. You die and you're dead. Goodbye. Like, it did kind of like that was my one. That was definitely my one gripe with Coven. Was just like, well, they no one can permanently die. Like, and then like, mm-hmm. I think like some of them ended up in the finale of that, like that happening. But like, yep. then I mean, spoilers, they come back. So it's just like, yeah, Myrtle Snow was burnt at the stake, and somehow she's back. So yeah, and there's no explanation right. as to how that happened. Right. But the devil or whatever goes and gets Queenie and. Whoever, Emma Roberts, I can never remember her. Oh, I forget her name. Um, Madison. Madison, thank you. That's why. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like it. I, um, I don't know, I'm excited. I'm excited for the rest of it now that they're back. Because frankly, Ryan Murphy has a lot to make up for. Because some of these past seasons since Coven well, so, have just been... Because like, Freak Show was right after Coven. Mm-hmm. It was like very bad, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, the like characters and stuff i was interested in but the plot just felt like it wasn't there yeah and then um hotel i watched like a portion of it and then i got bored so i stopped yep um and then i didn't even watch season six the roanoke one and then seven like because seven was cult and i watched like i was getting into it and then it's just i got busy so i just ended up dropping it cult was way too real it was was the thing it was very scary that's why cult was like the first one in a while that scared me because mm-hmm. I definitely think the scariest one so far was asylum oh like yeah. the second season because it was like that just felt real to me mm-hmm. like the mental institution part I'm like mm-hmm. um, I've, I've had friends that have been in them and I've been inside mental institutions and they are like terrifying uh, oh. so uh, but seeing that and it's just like that was very like it was more realistic, so it was scary. Um, and then, of course, Coven was after. It's just like, oh, witches. Haha. Mm-hmm. Like, it was more, like, lighthearted and campy. So, like, yeah. but yeah, uh, Cult definitely, like, felt the realist. Yeah. Like, and it was like, I feel like this is just a take on America right now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan Murphy also stills o- still owes everyone $5 from Glee. So, you know. Mm-hmm. He's got to make up for that. Well, I feel like Glee made him the money. To be able to, to do, do all this, all this other, other stuff, yeah. Like that was yeah, like right. that was the paycheck gig. Because yeah. I mean, like he had done Nip Tuck before Glee, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, no offense, that was on like FX, so it wasn't like prime time. It's like Glee made a ton of money. Yeah. So yeah. it made him like 
I guess marketable or whatever. Like it, you know, like I said, I, th- I think it just, it made people more willing to let him do what well, and he then, wanted like, Scream to. Scream Queens. I like that. I oh, thought that I was funny. I love that show. It was just like lighthearted mm-hmm. and like, it was still like horror, but like, it was like campy. I was like, yeah. that's my type of horror that I like. It's very campy. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't want to be terrified, like to go to sleep. I just want to be like <laughs> thrilled and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. That, but that show took a hard left, mm. unfortunately. Sadly. I but I think they're getting back into the groove again. So yeah, hopefully with American Horror Story, this season gets back into it. Crossing yeah. my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for doing this with us. With us well, today. thank you for having me. It was so much fun that we yes. were finally able to get you on and talk to you and learn all this stuff. Like, I'm going to go to bed trying to figure out your makeup even more (laughs) because literally you have me gagged. Um, Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and what you have coming up? Sure. So on social media, my um, handle on pretty much everything is champagne eight. So that's S H A M P A Y N E and the number eight. And that's for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Venmo, you know, everything. Yeah, plug the Venmo. Um, Snapchat's pop champagne, but I never really use Snapchat, and I don't think anyone really does anymore. So, uh, And then in terms of performances and gigs and stuff, um, I'm if you're in Boston on the 20th, I am doing a HIV conference, and I'm on a panel about HIV stigma, um, and that's going to be in Kenmore Square. Um other than that, you can normally catch me every Sunday at Hot Mess Sundays at Candy Bar, and then Mondays, All-Star Mondays at Machine. Um, and then every first Wednesday of the month is my party, Houseboy, that I host. That's a gender queer party, and that's at Middlesex Lounge in Cambridge. So, Cool. Wow. Well, we're Grizzly Kiki on everything, so you can follow us there. Send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com, and maybe we'll read yours on the air. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. So until next time, bye. bye. bye.